and we're recording. <laughs> and we're live. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Tracy Take. I don't know if you're able to see it, but Ryan and I were able to see each other for the first time, so you can call this a uh, historic day here yeah. in uh, uh, the Tracy Take history. Uh, probably the second most historic thing after we changed the name from Punts, Pucks, Punts. and Pitches. I know, yeah. I like The Tracy Take's a good one. Uh, I think it kind of encapsulates like the fact that we're brothers better than Punts, Pucks, and Pitches does. That's so, true. And it's our know. take as Tracy's yeah. on... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and who knows? Maybe we'll incorporate world. some other Tracy members later on. Maybe only the good ones. And yeah, you yeah. Know who you are if you're a family member. So, <laughs> all right. Well, set up the ambiguity. But I am, I am glad I uh, do have this video camera on. I just found a piece of thin mint in my teeth, so I'll get that out of there real quick. Yeah, I was meaning to tell you about that, and so I'm glad yeah. you noticed it before I could call it out. And so. And then you called it out. So. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'll call myself out for stuff like that. Yeah, it's good. Confidence. That's what Happen, you mean. Happens to everyone. Yeah. But today we're going to be doing the NFC South Draft Guide. You know, we decided we were going to go with the division of the Super Bowl champions. And apparently the future Super Bowl 56 Super Bowl champions, according to you. The Atlanta so, Falcons. Yeah, Absolutely. and the Atlanta Falcons. And You're I think the Falcons... Win. I, I think the Falcons have a unique position here because, in my opinion, I think they're kind of in the best situation of all the four teams here. Like that, like it with the draft, they're in the best draft situation. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like I would really. I think the best situation is the Buccaneers, but I see what you're saying now. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like coming into the draft, I think they have the most or second most picks. They have the fourth overall pick. But I also think that they still have a very talented roster yeah. already. Um, and I think one of the things that we'll get into as we talk more about the Falcons is just that they underperformed. They were one of the best, worst teams I think I've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah. Well, there were – I mean, at one point they were 1-6. and six, mm-hmm. And they're like, man, this team has got to be absolute – I mean, the best 1-6 and six team – I've ever seen. If you look at the talent that's on the field, I mean, you have future Hall of Famers and um, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Alex Mack, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Matthews, potentially, depending on how long his left tackle career goes. Uh, then you, then we have to see how Calvin Ridley does uh, as, as he keeps going on. And just, and then also on, on the defense, on the defensive side, uh, who was the guy uh, – uh, Grady Jarrett is one of the best defensive tackles in the league, and if he keeps going yeah. strong, maybe he can end up a Hall of Famer. And so it's going to be like yeah. twenty years from now. And you guys have a good young secondary too, that's uh, led by AJ Terrell. I mean, he was a first round corner last year. Yeah, and a lot of people knock on AJ Terrell uh, because of his um, national championship game performance against Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah, Jamar Chase did that to everyone. It, it did not matter who he faced. Jamar Chase just did that to everybody. I think I saw uh, a list while I was at the airport the other day of all the like star corners that Jamar Chase played against in the SEC, and half of them were was probably like the number one or a close number two cornerback for the for their respective NFL team, and then the others yeah. were going to be top cornerbacks going yeah. into this draft. Like so, and he Jamar just he absolutely burned everyone. Yeah, and Jamar Chase was phenomenal. And so I think the Falcons have a very talented roster coming into this uh, this draft. Yeah. And 
To me, one of the big holes on their roster is the running back position. But granted, at the fourth overall pick, I don't think they're going to try and fill that. According um, to some ESPN, which uh, mock drafts, people say that they're going to trade back and take Najee Harris in the top ten. See, I could, I in the top ten, I don't know about. Yeah, no, to I me, I, do that. No. I to me, I think if they're going to trade back and take Najee Harris, they can go back to fifteen with New England. Yeah. Um, Maybe uh, 19 to Washington might be a little pushing it. But I think Najee Harris is a complete back uh, that would really benefit that that roster. And I think he would accomplish what they wanted to with Todd Gurley. Yeah, and but then that's the thing, though, when it comes into uh, where I just disagree with that philosophically because I'm like, you need to have a good offensive line to have a good run game. You can bring in... Emmitt Smith would not have been Emmitt Smith if it wasn't for that Dallas Cowboys offensive line. And so you, Najee Harris could be an absolutely great back. Even look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a, the best running back in the league right now. But he has a very yeah. solid offensive line in front of him. Yeah. And I will so, say, too, you guys have a good center and you have a good left tackle. And you did invest a lot of picks into uh, the offensive line. Was it last year or two years ago? Uh, two years ago. And so that's going to be the interesting part is Alex Mack is most likely not going to be re-signed due to cap okay. issues. They did sign okay. – uh, they did have a uh, rookie draft pick, Matt Hennessy, who played left guard for a majority of last year and then actually played center for a, a okay, little bit yeah, yeah. when Alex Mack got hurt. And the right guard, uh, Chris Lindstrom, and the right and the right tackle, uh, Caleb McGarry, are both rookies – oh, no, are, were both uh, in their second year. Uh, I think it was Caleb Lynchum's first full year uh, because he was hurt for majority of his, his, his rookie year. But he is already established. He, he's one of the better uh, offensive linemen in the league. And so it's only going to be nice to see him improve. Caleb yeah. McGarry, there's still some questions. Um, but all in all, yeah, the, the youth aspect of it is is definitely there. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's very interesting because they need a left guard spot. Yeah, It'll be very interesting to see if, if that fourth pick, if they decide to maybe pull the trigger on Finay Sewell mm-hmm. and move him to left guard while Jake Matthews is still the left tackle. Because then, cause then, and I say, going back, then that then uh, goes back to your um, uh, running back point. For the, I do believe, I agree with you that if that running back is a big need. And the running yeah. back class this year is, is very deep. There's, I could easily mm-hmm. see them taking... Uh, someone with their second overall pick, uh, which is the uh, that North Carolina running back uh, would would fall uh, into that spot. Let me see if I can find him here. Uh, Javante Williams, uh, maybe Travis Etienne yeah. uh, falls back that far. There's a, a lot of other uh, running backs that are, that are very serviceable. Michael Carter, another North Carolina yeah. running back. Uh, that that could fall, um, that could be there in that spot. Mm-hmm. So that's what's interesting. Yeah, uh, and the league is littered with these, uh, like, early, mid-round, like, second, third-round guys, if you think. Like, Nick Chubb was top of the second round. Kareem Hunt was a third-round pick. Uh, Damien Harris was a guy for the Patriots last year that came in out of the third round and Sony was Michelle, able to make an impact on the team. Sony Michelle, Sony was, Michelle was the 32nd 31st pick. pick. 31st. Okay, so I, I yeah, like that could have gone either way, you know. I mean, but yeah, you're not, you're not seeing running backs. The 
Mm-mm. People know unless how. you get a Saquon Barkley or a Derrick Henry type guy, like those guys aren't going in the top ten yeah. or the top fifteen ever really. Yeah. So, but I with this pick, I could definitely see the Falcons trading back. Uh, mm-hmm. I to me, I just think that makes sense for what they need and. Like you said, they need multiple things. They need offensive line. I think they need a running back. I think they need some help on the defensive side of the ball. But I think this is a pretty deep draft class. I think we're going to see a lot of guys in the uh, coming years that are from this draft class making an impact on their rosters. That may have been a third or fourth round pick. Not just not because they lacked talent. It's just that maybe they just weren't as, as highly touted as some of these other big-name guys in this draft class. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, another uh, point too to to you trade back is I think the Falcons have the least amount of signed players. Uh, I think I saw that a couple weeks ago. They have the least amount of players signed uh, on contract going into this season, so they're going to want some more picks, probably just fill in some rookies for special teams or something like that. Who would be cheaper than having than having to pay someone uh, the veteran minimum, maybe? So. Um, uh, that could potentially uh, also be another reason why they end up trading back. Yeah, no, and I think definitely – so they have six picks, which which seems to be about average uh, in, yeah. this, uh, in this they, draft. But if they uh, trade back – Oh, sorry. They're going to get a couple more uh, com, uh, compensatory picks. Yeah, compensatory. I, yeah. I, but I think if they trade back too, I think not only will that allow them to take advantage of the deep offensive line class, but they could get a good running back to help with that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I think that would really balance them out and put them in a good position going into 2021 uh, and just really kind of... Do you mean 2022? No, 2021. It's oh, a 2021 ahead. season. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that if they can do that, bolster up the offensive line and get maybe get a running back out of that first pick by mm-hmm. trading back, uh, I think that would be a successful first day and a half for the Falcons. I think so too. Yeah. I, I mean, the more I've thought about it, like uh, taking Zach Wilson or uh, Justin Fields, it's extremely possible that those two guys are gone even by the fourth pick. And so yeah. and then I'll bring up interesting questions for Panay Sewell. Um, but mm-hmm. another thing though, as well is because of those three guys, plus uh, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, and all these teams that are in a somewhat mm-hmm. win-now mode, they could potentially yeah. get more of a haul for that pick because the teams get desperate and they really want – if if, um, if the Giants – no, if the Chargers really want that, like their left tackle of the future to help protect Justin Herbert, they could – they I could see them yeah. paying a pretty penny for Panay Suell. Yeah, no, definitely, and uh, I I think that the Falcons are in a very good position, like I, I said already, but uh, for me, I think the smart move for them is to come back in the draft a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think teams like Cincinnati would be looking to move up. I think Dallas may be looking to move up. Denver definitely, I think, would be looking to move up for a quarterback, yeah. uh, and that's, what, 8, 10, 11, and I think from there, you can have your pick of, like, Christian Derrissaw, um let me look at some of the other guys. Uh, Alex Leatherwood coming out of uh, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so even then, if maybe if they want to switch it up, I I think a good edge rusher in this class is Quiddy Pay. Yeah, 
and uh, pay with Michigan. He's a good yeah, one. And I think that would be great for them to do. Yeah. Uh, so. um, I know when we did our mock draft, I was very high on this guy, but another one's David Collins because the Falcons do also need pass rush uh, mm-hmm. pressure. And David yeah. Collins might be one of the most versatile guys um, uh, mm. on defense here where he's able to drop back in coverage, rush, play run mm-hmm. defense. And that'd be a great addition yeah, no. to that defense. So, Azu, you're right. I, 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 I agree with you. I think trading back is the best option because it also then gives them more options on which route they want to go based off uh, Terry Fontenot's uh, mentality of best player yeah. available. So. Mm-hmm. And also, too, one thing that they may want to consider is stocking up on next year's draft. Because mm-hmm. I think they have some pieces uh, this year that could be coming back. I think Julio Jones is kind of reaching the end of his uh, dominant reign as arguably one of the best wide receivers. Yeah. Not only now, but I guess ever, just because he's so physically gifted. Yo, yeah. Uh, and so I think maybe stocking up next year, having two first-round picks ne- next year, would be appealing to the Falcons moving back as well. I agree as well. Absolutely. And then also because not too many, I would say from the Falcons fan base, I don't think people are expecting too much this year. Um, I think it'll be interesting just kind of see if they do draft a quarterback, see how he does. That'll probably be the main focus, even if he doesn't play a game. But yeah, uh, a lot of people, though, with the tight uh, cap space that the Falcons uh, have given themselves going into this year, a lot of people aren't expecting it. And so then um, – Losing then some more uh, contracts, open up some more uh, cap space, uh, and then getting that second pick, as what you're saying, to next year's draft will be really yeah. exciting for the fan base. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, too, I right now there's not a huge quarterback coming onto the market next year. I know there's mm-hmm. – uh, every year there seems to be, like, the guy, like the next franchise guy. Um, but I, right now yeah. there's not really one of those next year. But I think somebody will establish themselves on – on scene yeah kind of, i agree I, I, the, the oklahoma quarterback's the one that really uh jumps out at me right now yeah and so I, a lot of people i think are, are high on him mm-hmm. yeah no and definitely and i think somebody will will burst onto the scene whether it's him or uh i know brock purdy is another name that comes to mind but i don't think he'll be a, he'll, i don't think he'll be talking about a first round quarterback in him uh yeah. but i I, I think the Falcons are in a very good position. Um, unlike another team that is in their division, I think the Saints are arguably one of the worst teams, not only in the – well, like one of the worst teams position-wise coming into the draft as any other team in the league. I think they have the least amount of picks at three Yeah, of any other team. Yeah, they, they are absolutely in, in uh, a very bad spot especially then with the team already going to be very tight when it comes to cap space. Yeah. They're one of the worst teams, actually, I think, in terms of cap space. I think so, they? yeah. And then also with the uncertainty of the quarterback position, I don't think – has Drew Brees officially retired yet? I don't think so. Um, I haven't seen but him But, I mean, before, after yeah. watching him play in the NFC Divisional, uh, that, that was – that he did not look the same. He just couldn't put that same zip on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just kind of wondered if at that age and where he's at kind of in his career and life, uh, then going through that broken rib uh, injury, I, I think that kind of uh, it, – it's already tough to come back from broken ribs, but then to be how, 42 
for, for, no, 41, I think. But he'll be, 41. I think he'll be 42 come the start of next season. Okay, yeah. That, I, I wonder if that was eye opening for him. Maybe if that didn't happen, if we would still, if maybe he would come back. Uh, mm-hmm. But he definitely did not look the same I, after that injury. Uh, no, and I, I think too, I think this season was one of the first times you could really tell, like, not just because of the injury, but I think he was a little mentally tired at the yeah. end. Uh, yeah. But so I, I, we, I think we talked about this in a past episode. I think the Saints are going to keep Jameis Winston. Yeah. Um, as their as their guy. Um, but they also they did pretty well. So they pretty well this year. So they have the twenty eighth overall pick, which kind of puts them in a bad spot. Um, in the first round, just because they're kind of at the end, they're going to get the leftovers of the big name guys. But yeah. they don't have any capital to really move up and get anybody. They have a first, a second, and a fourth right now. They may get some compensatory picks, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I I uh, I could honestly see them either taking a receiver or maybe just trading back to try and get as many picks as possible because yeah. there's no one. Uh, if they were to keep the number one pick, I think that they should pick a receiver, uh, someone with a lot of. Uh, 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 over the top speed, someone like a Kadarius Tony, uh, I think would fit yeah. really well. I like with there too. I think he fits. He's a unique player that's yeah. uh, pretty universal. Yeah, yeah, but but that's the interesting part though about that is in uh, there's probably guys with pretty similar characteristics that would be in their second round pick, like a Amon Amon Ross St. Brown with USC. Yeah, uh, I, I know had. Was one of the better Pac-12 receivers. Yeah, he's a good route runner. I really like his size. He has good over the top speed. Uh, his brother actually plays for the Packers, uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Yep. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I, I actually think Amon Ross St. Brown uh, win for the younger brothers here, but I think Amon Ross St. Brown will be better than Equinemius St. Brown, and I, and I think uh. he could make an impact on a team with just his over the top speed. Um. But I think that would be a good one if they trade back into the second round. But again, I think Kadarius Tony and guys like that uh, in the first round, if they're still available, I I think Kadarius Tony will go in the top twenty-five. I think Rondell Moore is a bit of a stretch in the top twenty-five just because of his injury history and yeah, uh, the fact that at one point this year he had negative yards. Uh, like or passes thrown to him averaged like minus like point five yards. And who was this again? Rondell Moore. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but that was one though. But that was a uh, a very bad Purdue team. Uh, it was, yeah. That he was on, and uh, he was uh, also the only guy. Yeah, and he was the only guy, and so so we have seen a lot of guys that come out where they're at a college where they're on a bad. Uh, very bad football team, but just not, a, but just can't do anything. But they have a lot of talent. Um, yeah, and so, heck, just to say, I mean, not to say Rondell Morris next Calvin Johnson, but Calvin Johnson was on uh, Georgia Tech, and they didn't really throw the ball that often. And, and he's arguably one of the best receivers. So you know, it, when it comes to the college scheme, but then having the talent, like like he he does, he potentially could be. Um, uh, someone that could really help out the saints in, you know, if, if he's yeah. in the right system. Yeah. And I think Sean Payton is, I mean, he's a guy that's proven over the years that he knows how to use some players and he knows what some players are good at. And he's very good at figuring out schemes 
against defenses to use player strengths. And so I yeah. think I, I think um, a speed guy like Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony again would be good. Um, one of the other things I could also see is I think that the Saints lack a little bit on defense. Um, mm-hmm. Is is Eli Apple still their second corner? I want to say he is. Uh, uh, I but I know that they lack a, a good number, like number two corner. Um, yeah. So I think if a guy like J.C. Horn or uh, oh, who's the other one? Caleb Far- is Caleb Farley? Yeah, Caleb Farley. I think if yep, one of those Caleb guys Farley fall there. down, uh, fall down to them, I think that it would be hard for them not to pass that up. Yeah, and I absolutely do see that as if uh, someone like Caleb Farley, who took the year off, I know I've been uh, kind mm-hmm. of um, questioning how uh, that will affect some of these players. And Caleb Farley, if, if people just see him as an athletic specimen, but don't want to take a chance on him, uh, maybe mm-hmm. he's someone there that could turn into a pretty fun project for the Saints uh, over yeah. the next uh, couple of years. And that is one of the most interesting things coming into this draft is because, like, we could see players drafted in the third or fourth round that could potentially have first-round talent. But yeah. just because they didn't play in 2020, yeah, they, they, they fell all the way down there. So I think definitely tape analysis from 2019 will play a huge role coming into this draft. Um, and especially because there's no combine. Yeah. So everything's going to be virtual and on the player's turf. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see uh, if, if that gets factored in, that the fact that maybe since they're not in a kind of a high-pressured situation where on a neutral site, uh, people might perform a little bit better or a little bit worse. Uh, yeah. In that. I also am curious to see – so the Saints, I think, are guys are have typically taken bigger risks in drafts. Uh, yeah. So, like, a few years ago, I think they traded up for Marcus Davenport, the defensive end out of University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, and he was a great physical prospect, but people really questioned whether he could develop and play at, at the next level. And the Saints gave up two first-round picks for him. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, even in his play style, I think Sean Payton is a guy that takes risks. And so maybe Sean Payton takes a risk on a guy uh, – and it pays dividends for them in the long run. I don't know. Well, I I think the Saints are going to be interesting uh, because I don't think they have a lot of wiggle room here, and I think they have to be perfect in this draft. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or I was just thinking about this. What about this uh, hypothetical trade? Something, something probably no one's thought about before. But the Miami Dolphins do already have first two picks. What if the Saints don't like Jameis Winston and say, hey, maybe this isn't the best? And what they do is they trade their first, second, and fourth pick of this year, plus maybe any compensatory picks that they have, and maybe a third rounder of next year and draft uh, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and then they have their starter right there. And just go just go full on out. Just full on on to Zach Wilson? Just full on Zach Wilson. The Atlanta Falcons did that. 10 years ago with Julio Jones, where they traded their entire uh, draft selection for Julio Jones, and that's worked out decently well. If some of these guys, or maybe not even a Zach Wilson, maybe if they do like Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. give that to the Bengals or something, or someone like that, or maybe the Eagles, or maybe someone who has a little bit more flexible 
draft capability and draft uh, a Jamar Chase or a Jalen Waddle, so to say. See, I think Jalen Waddle would be scary in that offense because I think he's right. everything that Dante Smith is, but he's faster. So, so what if? Because the Saints obviously like I, all the pieces are still there, and so so in that situation, if they go with Jalen Waddle. I mean, like maybe they like what they see in Jameis Winston now that he's been in the system for a year, and assuming Drew Brees doesn't come back, and then trade all their picks this year, and maybe and, and maybe a second or third round of next year. And go get one of these top three receivers. These guys, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, all these guys are the cream of the crop. Uh, or, or what's the term? Uh, generational talent. Mm-hmm. Why not? If, if that's what's going to come in, because Michael Thomas has definitely been on the decline. And we can all agree that those three guys right there are in a totally different class of their own than Rondell Moore or Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I definitely agree. I don't know. One of the things you did say that I kind of disagree with is that uh, Michael Thomas is on a he's on a downswing. I don't think he's falling off. Okay, I, fair. Well, I, I, still, then you can have someone to compliment Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Michael no, no, no. Thomas. I definitely agree. Uh, just to play devil's advocate here, I'll say why I don't think the Saints are going to do that, and then I'll say why I would want the Saints to do that. That's fine. Yeah, uh, we're supposed to disagree. So I I think the Saints won't do that because. I think they need more pieces. Like, they need more than just one piece. And I think uh-huh. in the playoffs, they showed that. Yeah. So, okay. I I think that the Buccaneers really showed that they need more defensive pieces to kind of hold back some of the offenses. Because if you think about it, some of the offenses in that division are the best in the league. I mean, Tampa Bay yeah. was a top-five offense. Atlanta Falcons have top-five offensive weapons – like no matter where you look. Uh, And I think Carolina's offense was a little underrated and they didn't have Christian McCaffrey last year. Yeah. I agree. I I think they need more pieces than just one guy. uh, And they don't have the cap space to do that in free agency to go get those pieces. Yeah. So that's, that's why I I think they won't do it. And and that's a very fair point. Uh, uh, And I don't think so either. I also think, I know I said, the Dolphins or the Bengals, the Eagles, yeah. something like or, uh, those people, they would need to give up a lot since they only have three picks. Yeah, uh, yeah. They would need to give up a lot and to move up that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that might not even be worth it. But it is one of those, I think one of the things maybe to challenge on, uh, to say that, that their defense had flaws because the Buccaneers – uh, offense proved that in the playoffs. The Buccaneers did that to a lot of teams too. They, they did. Yeah. One of the better defenses. Yeah. Uh, but I also think probably I think the pressing issue uh, for the Saints was they weren't really able to move the ball down the field that easily. Mm-hmm. Part of that was Drew Brees. Yeah. He definitely did lose some of his zip. But at the same time, if you bring in someone like Jameis Winston, who's going to add a different dynamic to that offense since he can mm-hmm. run more. If you do add that one piece, who's to say though that because that, that defense is is built um, kind of around containing because that offense is so effective. Now they can get at the QB, which is why that defense is extremely good. But yeah. once when um, they start getting behind, maybe one of the issues is is that they uh, weren't really a, as run effective uh, or as run stopping effective as uh, they should have been. Uh, yeah, and 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 they were also able to show that as well. But we, we've seen a lot of teams that have been like that. The Indianapolis Colts back in 06, 
their team, their whole defense was built around just containing because their offense was so high powered. Yes. So that might be why we're seeing some of the flaws. If they mm-hmm. can, if they're able to get a receiver uh, that can add another threat, kind of like a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley esque type duo, where they can move the ball down the field, and some mm-hmm. someone like Sean Payton will be able to figure out how to do that fairly easily. So yeah, and that's that's what I was going to say. Why I would love it. Yeah, is like, could you imagine those like those Sunday night division games against oh, Tampa Bay God. and the Falcons, and you just have these two like master offenses just yeah. like go at it. You have Michael Thomas like plug in any of those top three wide receivers. Yeah, uh, versus Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones or Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Yeah, or uh, Christian what, McCaffrey. Rob, Rob, yeah, Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. Like, uh-huh. I mean, th- that would be a star-studded division. Oh, absolutely. That would, that would be fantastic. Oh, I agree 100%. And that's another thing for the Saints to consider on why they should do it is because of they know they're going up against some of the top receivers, some of the top offenses, and they're going to need to also put up some points. So yeah. it was a completely – yeah, I, I know it's just a complete crazy idea, but everyone's saying the Saints aren't prepared for this draft. But yeah, I, I still think even if Drew Brees doesn't come back, they've got one or two more years of – like Super Bowl ready or, or um, win yeah. now moments. Um, then if Jameis Winston can come in and prove himself to the talent to be, yeah. then, then maybe, you know. For me, I think it's going to be tough for them to get past Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think they could go 10 and 6 next year and maybe get a wild card spot. If, I, if, could, I could absolutely see all four of the NFC South teams taking the playoff getting, spot. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, getting in and so it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see what the saints do they're gonna get really creative even more creative than the falcons um but i i think the team with where where i could see them doing anything is going to be the carolina panthers uh with the number eighth pick and yeah no they definitely could go so many directions well because with with being eighth overall they do have some draft capital and some flexibility to trade up if they want to, if there's a certain receiver that they want to get, or if there's a certain quarterback uh, that they might want to get, mm-hmm. I could see them staying put and getting a really solid offensive lineman or the best defensive player available. Uh, or I can also even see them trading back um, because there might not be that big of a difference from guys that are eighth to sixteenth or seventeenth, uh, so to say, and yeah. can just get some more draft picks. Yeah, and no, I definitely think that they will I, – I think that they're going to pick at eight. The thing is, mm-hmm. for me – well, I, I actually – I'm not going to say that. The thing is for me is I think there's going to be a lot of talent at that eighth overall pick. I mean, if you think about it. So, I, I think Trevor Lawrence and another quarterback are going to go top five, if not the two other guys. Like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. I think those three guys – have a very good chance to all go top five. Yeah. And then I think Penny Suel is the best non-quarterback player on the board. Uh-huh. So that's that's four players already. And then you have uh, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, and uh, Jalen Waddell. So that's seven. That's already seven picks coming off the board. And we haven't even talked about Patrick Sertan, uh, Kyle Pitts, Rayshon Slater, uh, Pay, uh any of these guys. Yeah. So 
uh, for me, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be digging at that eighth pick because you're going to get a big name player, and you may not have to pay as much as for it as you would Atlanta. Yeah, so, yeah. No, that's a really good point. Actually, I didn't even think about that. And with the Panthers kind of being already in a, uh, I wouldn't say rebuild, but but like a transition period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're absolutely going to be able to just say like when you get the, to that eighth pick, it's like, yeah. right, who, who, who do we think is the best player? And, and just yeah. pick that person. And that's, that's yeah. a, a great feeling to be in uh, probably for the Panthers after you do mm-hmm. all your scouting and, and who you think is going to help yeah. the most. Mm-hmm. And one thing too, that I think that they would benefit from is drafting an offensive lineman. I think that would help out Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think it would help out their run game. And obviously Christian McCaffrey is a beast. Uh, he wasn't this past year; just he got struck with the injury bug. But uh, he had over two, he had over two thousand all-purpose yards. Yeah. Last year. So, I mean, I could see them going so many directions here. Well, and even then, like I, I think at this day and age, like uh, I think one thing that would probably help out the Panthers, especially with us uh, lived. Um, listing all of the uh, top receiver duos uh, that are in, that they're going to be facing against getting someone uh, like uh, as, as, uh, as Collins, Quiddy page, uh, who's the Penn state uh, Mika Parsons, Micah Parsons, uh, Micah Parsons, uh, the uh, Jeremiah Cordomoa uh, uh, from Notre Dame, getting someone that can help. Uh, uh, getting someone that, that can help contain all of those receivers or, or also contain the quarterbacks uh, that they'll be facing against um, uh, as well. So I agree yet. Yeah, they mm-hmm. could pick an offensive lineman, like you said. They could pick a best best receiver, best person on defense. Uh, yeah, or they could trade back. I mean, the one of the things, too, is that they're not lacking severely at any position. I think linebacker is probably their biggest glaring need on defense. Uh, I think that I, I said this in our uh, draft episode uh, where we did our first mock draft, but I think that they really would benefit from drafting one of those rangy linebackers in Zayvon Collins or uh, Micah Parsons. Uh-huh. Um, it, just because when that defense was so good, that's what it had. It had uh, Luke Keekley in the middle. And I mean, Luke Keekley was faster the ball than anyone on that defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, his retirement, uh, I fully understand. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it did come out as, as a shock to the system uh, for the Panthers' defense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think it showed on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, yeah. But I think you're not going to be able to replace a guy like that because even though he only played eight seasons, he was poten- potentially could be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he had over 100 tackles eight straight years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so uh, absolutely, it, it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where the Panthers go, and and that, and I also think kind of with the Buccaneers, they're kind of in the similar spot, but much the quality of talent will be much less, and uh, I think yeah. it's probably kind of do whatever they want with with the final pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. All right, so we we kind of we beat around the bush a little bit, I think, with Carolina, and I want to give a clearer answer on what we think we're going to do. Uh, so if you, if you're in the front office of Carolina, what is your, what is your move here? Well, yeah, it's kind of like what we said. Cause I was just thinking when you, I knew you were going to ask that, 
and I was like defense. And then I was like, well, yeah, but if one of those top receivers are there, you can absolutely say that. It's like, yeah. well, but we do also need to protect Christian McCaffrey. And all those questions went through my head. And uh, I don't know. That's that's going to be very interesting. Probably right now, um, if I was the GM, I would probably go with uh, a linebacker like a Mika Parsons, someone really quick uh, that can come off the edge. So. Mm-hmm. Well, see, so I had Micah Parsons there in the mock draft, but I'm not going to be lame and pick him again. Oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no. Well, you didn't, you didn't have him there either. I did it? Did no, I no, no, no. Uh, uh, I had Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember so, that now. Uh, so I don't want to put him there again. Um, one of the things that I think would be really interesting is they drafted uh, Yitor Grossmatos last year. Uh, and he's a, he was a pretty good edge rusher, and they have Derek Brown in the middle. What if they? What if Quiddy Pay goes eight to Carolina, and they just have a monster pass rush? I can see that. I mean, I, 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 especially against like we said, those offenses uh, in the NFC South, they're mm-hmm. going to need to uh, be able to get to the quarterback quick and, and provide pressure. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that that would be solid. And I also think that that would help cover up that missing linebacker spot because not only Quiddy Pay is a great pass rusher, but he's also a very good run defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I agree. I, I think that would be an interesting pick there at number eight for Carolina, uh, and I think it would. I think that would be a. I think that will turn into a Bradley Chubb Von Miller esque duo between Yitor Grossmatos and Quiddy. Yeah, Pay. I can see that, and that'd be scary. Mm-hmm. That'd be scary, especially as a Falcons fan. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It, again, they're kind of in a spot. They can they can go so many different directions. It's they don't have one big glaring need for me. Okay, so, I got you. But, now. but uh, all right. So lastly, we have one team that is left. Uh, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions. So they're picking thirty-two, the glorified second-round pick. <laughs> so, I mean. What do they need? Well, I mean, it it, it kind of goes to um, what we were saying like, with the Panthers. I think they have very – Panthers and Buccaneers, I think, have a very similar mentality where it's like who, who's going to be the best player available that we think uh, is going to be there. And then we'll plug them in or, or whatever because stuff happens and it's, and it's never uh, bad to be – have too many good players, you know. Uh, in one spot instead of trying to disperse, uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I could see them. Uh, uh, I know I picked Caleb Farley dropping that far, but picking an athletic cornerback like that, I don't know if he'll drop that far. Um, uh, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say they also need a little uh, safety help as well, correct? Um, Yes and no. So Antoine Winfield – uh, was a phenomenal draft pick by them last year, and he played super well. He had a pick in the Super Bowl. He was the guy that did the peace sign to Tyreek. Oh Hitler. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had a very good season. Uh, they actually, um, uh, oh shoot, I, I'm blanking on the head coach of the Saints' name, Sean Payton. Sean, Sean Payton Sean did a very good interview um, about Tampa Bay before the Super Bowl, and he was saying that Antoine Winfield is actually, like, the leader of that defense, even with all the veterans. Yeah. Uh, and so I think their safety position has a really good head to it, but I think below him, they don't really have, like, a 
a good a guy. I know Jordan Whitehead is their other one, but he's kind of a strong safety. Uh, he caused a, a, two fumbles in the Packers NFC Championship game. Okay, but, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. So it, th- that's an interesting one for me. So I think Leonard Fournette came in there, came in on a one year deal, right? Yeah. What if Travis Etienne makes it to thirty two? He's on my board still. I can see that. But I think for me, what that would really do is give them the ability to really turn into the Tampa Bay Patriots. Yeah. And so I think they could run 11 personnel, which is two wide receivers, a tight end. Then you have uh, five offensive linemen, a quarterback, and a running back. Is that a, That's 11, right? I think so. Yeah. It's eight. Maybe you have three wide receivers. Uh Whatever. But anyways, basically with, with their tight ends, you would have uh, six linemen or four receivers okay. uh, at, on any given play. And I think that would just fluster so many defenses because you can run a power game and then the very next play and hurry up, run four wide. Yeah. And so... I think you're saying. I, and, and I have uh, a little bit... Uh, add to like what uh, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire kind of added to yeah. the Chiefs, and so uh, I could absolutely see that. That actually, I didn't even think about that. That that would be a great pick for them. Uh, mm. Also, be much cheaper than Leonard Fournette as well. So maybe they can add other pieces as yeah. well and save, save save some cap space. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a really good uh, potential pick as well. Mm-hmm. And I I just think it would it would be good for that offense as a whole. And I think it would, again, it's a luxury pick though. Like they don't need that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I agree. And so uh, I, I, I definitely, I mean, unless the, the trade is too good to pass up, I can't, I don't see them trading here because I don't see what they would get in return. That would be, I mean, maybe a seventh round pick, but I think you get more value or something like that than just, just picking whoever's best here. Yeah, and like they also could use some help on the offensive line depth. I know Alex Kappa, their uh, Pro Bowl guard, got hurt. Uh, yeah. Tristan Wirfs, they drafted last year to be the left tackle, but he ended up playing right tackle for the whole season. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they really just don't have that many holes. Also, too, I think defensive players are going to come off definitely in the second half of the first round. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe, maybe a guy like Indomitian Sue uh, – he may not be what he used to be. Uh, so maybe drafting like a nice defensive tackle um, and maybe yeah. seeing if you can bolster up that run defense too. So Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it's just a luxury pick. I mean, when you're the Super Bowl champions and you have a good amount of cap space and a decent amount of your players returning, I'm, you can't complain. I like yeah. – you can't. So. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, have, I I can see that being good options either way. And so, um, but yeah, I would say probably the the Panthers and Falcons, and, and I know uh, with them being the fourth and eighth pick, but I think they had the most options on yeah. what to do. Uh, the Saints have handcuffed themselves. And also I think the Buccaneers don't care uh, who's there. You know, it's going to be like, who do we think is the best player? Yeah, and and, and and just go from there. So, yeah. uh, I, I I think that that'll be 
I, I think it's going to be a good draft uh, uh, for all four teams, all things considered. I think the Saints uh, can get some valuable pieces from with where they're at, potentially make a big trade, uh, or maybe even just trade back and just get more picks. Um, yeah. But uh, I take that back. The Saints, I don't think the Saints are going to have a good are going to have a good draft, but I think they're expecting that. Uh, one of the things too, that I kind of could see is I actually could see Tampa Bay moving up into like the middle of the first round Mm -hmm. because I think Tampa Bay is very much in a win now mode. Tom Brady is going to be 44 coming into next year. Yeah. And so I think Tampa Bay could potentially mortgage some of their future and try and move up, uh, Maybe I like not to keep associating the two teams, but I think New England might be a team that wouldn't mind moving back, going back to where they usually pick at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't really know what's going on at this yeah, whole 15. Exactly. New England Patriots fans are trying to read Braille right now with the 15th pick. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very excited to do the draft recap for these teams. Uh because I don't think any of these teams can really like go wrong. I think the Saints are just in the worst position. Like, th- like I don't think the Saints are going to be able to do much. No, I don't think so either. And that's why I suggested them doing something crazy uh, and, yeah. and trading up to the top ten and just selling off all their picks this year and just be like, I just get one player and one player only. Uh, yeah. One of the things with that too is like. If they do that and they have to give up more next year, won't they just be back in the same spot next year? Oh, I agree completely. I mean, well, I I think maybe. I think it depends to what spot they move up to. Like, if, if I know I suggested Miami, but that would probably cause them to have to trade uh, a pick or two next year to move up that far. And that might not be uh, worth it to them. But even then, though, at least next year, though, they'll have – They'll have more than three picks, uh, you know. Uh, even if they trade two picks from next year, then they'll yeah. at least they'll have five picks. Uh, I don't think that they would trade uh, their first overall um, and give up all the, all their draft picks this year. Uh, but but maybe like a second and a third, or, or, or just a third, or something like that. It, it's it's really far out there. Uh, I know I'm doing my best, you know, my best hands. So yeah. But- <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. I think that would be very exciting, and I think that would bring a lot of attention to that division. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it, I mean, it would sell tickets and put butts in seats. So. Oh, absolutely. And I also think the Saints do kind of recognize um, that that they're also still in kind of a win-now mode with the cap space that they have. And uh-huh. so, uh, I mean, potentially they could trade off picks depending – or trade people to clear up space and get picks. Uh, so we'll have to see about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on how much they would lose in the cap space, but yeah, it, uh, it's either way. It, it it will be interesting, kind of as you said uh, at the very end of this uh, in the draft recap on yeah. where everyone uh, ended up picking at and who they ended up picking because uh, there's a lot of talent in this field uh, as we've mentioned, and so it's potential that all teams pick a very solid game changer with the first overall pick. I really like that Travis Etienne pick actually with the Buccaneers. <laughs> that would be, I like, I would think that that would be a perfect fit for both parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it would allow them to run, like I said, 11 personnel and just do like a basic formation. But with the tight ends that they have, you could almost do two tight ends. And then when you want, you can do four wide receivers. Like, cause just cause 
those tight ends are so versatile. Uh, yeah. Travis Etienne is a down back, so it's not like you can run all these plays in a row and have so much access to the playbook with just those 11 players. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that would be fantastic for them. And just because they don't really need that much else if they can re-sign some of the guys. But I don't yeah. know. I'm excited for the draft recap. Uh, I don't have too much else uh, about this division for now. I think, what, next week we're going to do the NFC East yeah, that'll be a fun one. Yeah, and so actually, all four teams are in the top nineteen, right? Yeah, only Washington. Yeah, but uh, all teams had a losing record last year. I know that's uh, fun, but I don't know. That'll be yeah. that'll be fun. It'll be a lot of jokes. Uh, It'll be a lot of jokes about how both uh, uh, all four of these teams suck. So yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, but. Alrighty, well, thanks All for right. this episode of uh, the Tracy Take, and uh, tune in next week for the NFC East.